latest edition of the Jers Network podcast, the independent Rangers podcast, which is brought to you by, by fans for fans, uh, and where the content is absolutely free. It is episode 203 uh, of the Jers Network podcast. I'm your, your host tonight. I'm Colin Armstrong. As I say every week, guys, it's not just the pod that we have here at Jers Network. We also have the website, forums, all that kind of thing. There's a history archive on the website. So get yourself involved in that. And as always, we would ask you to put the word out there about us, you know, social media, that kind of thing. Tell your friends uh, that we're here and what we're up to. Uh, that would be great. Uh, before uh, I bring in my guests, I will have to mention uh, our partners at Forest Precision Engineering. Uh, they are a subcontract Glasgow-based engineering company. Uh, they've been a big commercial supporter of the club for a number of years. Uh, they, you can find out more about them at their website at www.forestprecisioning.com. Uh, they also have a, a brand new uh, suite in the main stand. Apparently, it's quite stunning. If you would like to have a wee look at that, maybe get yourself booked into there. Email the club uh, at hospitality at rangers.co.uk. Uh, okay, so... On to my guests. Uh, I'll bring I'll bring in Alex first. It, it feels like a while since we've been on on a Sunday. Eh? It feels like a long time. I know, mate. I know. I know. I don't, I don't know what that's all about at all. Do you know what I mean? Um, but uh, here we are. We're back. Um, good to see Gary again. We've been on for ages, for ages with, with Gary as well. Good to see him and all the listeners. I'm just, you know what gets me? Do you know what gets me about the pot? See, when you're on it, you can't. I don't know if we did the music tonight. You know, the intro music. Yeah. Every time I watch the pod with somebody else on it, that's a banging tune. I think that's a good just, tune. And when and, and then it just fades into us sitting here, we should all be sitting going like, mm, as if you've been actually playing it, you know, playing playing it live. It's it, it, ringing it, the last bit, of, you know, <laughs> just staying out on the keyboard or something like that. We don't get the benefit of the tune, you know. What I mean, we don't hear it. We just we just get queued up saying that's the music playing, oh. uh, that's the music finished. Then you come. What we should do actually is we actually we actually just learn an instrument each, and we should do it like you know that, that, that Led Zeppelin. In the round 1969, it's on YouTube. When they do that kind of how many more times, and Robert Plant starts introducing them all, you know, and John on drums with John Bonham and that. We should do that, you know, <laughs> talking, talking boring pish about 1970s football. Alec Anderson, you know what I mean? <laughs> Rant, ranting about VAR, Colin Armstrong, you know, and we should do, we should do all that. It's, it's just yeah. a wee idea. Pretty Frankie, anyway. Uh, I, I'll, I'll put a submission in. Uh, I wouldn't keep your hopes up, though. I'll, I'll, I'll try and manage your expectations in that one. Try my uh, best. <laughs> uh, also joined by Gary Valentine tonight. How are you, Gary? What's up, Colin? Ah, not much. Good weekend. Good result for the football. Spent the day with the kids, so it was a yeah, good weekend all round. Good weekend all round, and then you had to come on here, and that just ruined it. Eh? Just oh, sets, sets, you, sets you up for Monday. I really hope that this uh, musical thing doesn't uh, get any traction because I'll be like a triangle or a maracas kind of guy. That's, <laughs> that's about the level my musical go. Eh? Uh, no, the flute, no, no, I won't go there. I won't go there. So many beers but, I've had, <laughs> but uh, trust me, Gary, that idea is no flying, so I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> so I've been, I've been but, practicing the spoons for months as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, guys, on on uh, yesterday's game, uh, like obviously we'll talk about yesterday's game, but you know, like the guys know what we're talking about. Uh, bit of an unexpected uh, result, you know, not not in terms of the victory, but the, the manner of the victory. Uh, well, we we chat about. You know, Rangers launched a fourth kit this week. Uh, well, we chat about that. And obviously a huge game on Tuesday night down at Anfield. So uh, we'll have a wee look at that. So Alec, uh, 4-0 uh, at Tynecastle yesterday. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I was, I felt quite negative going into it. I must admit, I, I felt it was quite unexpected. I missed the first goal. Uh, there's, there's three certainties in life. 
death, taxis, and the minute my arse comes off that couch to make a cup of tea, there's going to be a goal. And sure enough, that's what happened. Uh, but quite unexpected, not winning, because we've got a fairly decent record at Tynecastle. Uh, but, you know, there were some nerves considering the form we were in going into it and the level of performances. And the, the actual level of the performance itself, it, there were still issues that concerned me a wee bit, but overall, good result, good performance, and just the type of sort of result and performance we needed going into that game on Tuesday. Absolutely. Well, I mean, look, look at it, the, the last time um, we lost a league game for nothing. Uh, we we lost our Champions League game away from home. It was the next game, and we lost that for nothing as well. So I'm fully expecting us now to win for nothing at Anfield on Tuesday. I'd also, I'd also be calling for Gio's head. And although I'm joking when I say that, yeah, last time, one of the other certainties in life, mate, is if you and I are stood outside Ibrox uh, saying, if that, if that had been, if that had been a bit more rang the day against the United, Gio's job was in the line. There's nothing <laughs> surely the next game we'll go out and we'll tank the, the third force in Scotland for nothing away from home. For all for all Alfredo can has uh, got a great scoring record against Hearts. Gio's record against Hearts is absolutely sublime. So um he probably needed that yesterday. Uh, we all needed it. I know what you're saying. There's a few issues still that we'll go into if we're going to analyze the, the performance uh, properly. But I think, you know, God, did we need that? You're absolutely right what you're saying. What we we needed that like nothing else, uh, just to do it there. Get it done early, you know. I mean, get the, the, everything that we wanted. You know, like I think we're in there. Like, in Friday, in Friday, we're all talking about. You know, is is Edmondson House going to be ready before Hollander, Hadji, Suter, and all that are, are, are back playing? You know, how how and we're, it exacerbates all the problems of go off the park with complaints about the board and that just now. Um, we really needed that yesterday just to go out there and. You know, Hearts, I think, came at us in the first couple of minutes. Uh, we're kind of taking the ball back to a line. I hate it when we're playing in the, the white socks with the white shorts. Yeah, I, hate, I, hate, I hate the white socks as well, yeah. Honking. Yeah. So, tweet, everything that was going on, and it, all you going with... I actually tweeted about it yesterday. Right, saying I, I already had the fear, and then they came out with the white socks, and that, that just gave me the proper fear, you know what I mean? Petaudry and Tynecastle, two places you really need to feel be feeling really staunch when you go. Yeah. You always go with the white socks, and it really it gives me yeah. the fear. And we're going back, we've been retreated, for kick-off, we retreated straight back to our goal line, you know, practically straight away. And I'm like, oh, no, typical Rangers supporter, this is a nightmare. And then within three minutes, we've had three successive corners, nearly scored, we're up one in six minutes, two nothing, half an hour. They have a man sent off. Game seems, I mean, we know different because of the way things have been going with Rangers over the last year yeah. or so in, these, in, in, in the league. Um, but to all intents and purposes, game's done by half-time, which is what we've been screaming out for. Uh, just that kind of intensity away from home. Um, getting stuck, we, we know everybody's going to get stuck into us when we're on the road, and to see us doing it and just really kind of blowing them away um, by half time was absolutely magic. It was it was just what we needed for the soul, for the nerves, <laughs> and uh, I to actually end up. We got we need a statement result. We've we've been away to Parkhead, we've been away to Hibs. You know, I mean the Queen, God save her. You know, after all the years. Of singing about the Queen, not asking God to save her. Just right at the end, she's done us a favour, I think, with the, the game at Pataudry. Um, you know, she's finally reciprocated. And I think we were, we were, we were at that stage, we were actually wanting the games to get called off because we just didn't know where this, where this team was going in this run. It's a brutal run. But to actually see finally in the last instalment of this brutal run, all, all the hardest away games coming in, in close succession to come out with that result, this uh, a statement result and a statement scoreline, bothering on a... Getting close to a statement performance, not no quite, but we, we really needed it, mate, and it was, it was really timious. Gary, uh, I was reading on, I think it was a Friday, 
you know, obviously Gio's done his press conference and there's there's a few bits and bobs cutting about in the, the papers and stuff like that. I've seen Ryan Jack it, it puts an interview out there saying that, that there had been a lot of meetings since the dog came back from international duty. Obviously not every player's away, but, you know, since the, the group was back together after the international break, there have been lots of meetings, you know, uh, team, staff, individual meetings with Geo, and it, to me, it was almost like an admission that yeah, there were issues, and we needed to discuss those issues. Performance levels weren't good enough. The body language, I felt, of some of the players was was really, really poor uh, going into that international break. Uh, it feels like that might have had an impact because although it wasn't the perfect performance yesterday and there was, as I said earlier on, there were still some issues that, you know, even when we were two on up halfway through that second half, I, I, there was a couple of times I felt we gave hearts a wee sniff and I was still kind of worried a wee bit. But I mean, it's as, as good a performance as we could have wanted going into it. And so do, do you feel if, you know, the group have got together, you know, and there has been, you know, clear the air stuff, you know, you need to be doing more of this and you need to be doing more of that, that kind of thing. Do you think that's helped? Because it certainly looked like it in terms of the performance. I definitely looked like it. I think uh, I totally agree with what Alex said that the, the Aberdeen game getting called off couldn't have happened at a better time for us because I was I was really fearing the worst up to that. Then when they done the United game, then we were uh, like saying to friends and things like that, you got a statement result there. I think Dundee, United had just been beat off Celtic quite heavily. We're looking for a, a statement performance there. And it was a bit drab to say the least but yesterday that was a that was a good result as you say it wasn't perfect There's, for being critical you can we can still pick uh, faults there but to me for a, a rangers team they, they need to always be looking to improve and it's, it's not just a case of winning they've got to do it in a certain style and so they got to arguably our second hardest away game of the season and coming away before nothing i think that's a, a great win so i'm hoping that whatever has been said uh the players remember it and keep it going for the rest of the season. Yeah, maybe refocus some minds a wee bit. I think it certainly seemed like it was needing needed to be to be done, and the worst things needed to be said. Uh, going to the start in eleven, a couple of a couple of surprises. Uh, you know, Rabbi Matonzo was reintroduced. Obviously, he's had some issues recently. He was left out the side. Apparently, there was a, a an issue with his discipline, all that kind of thing. Ben Davies finally, uh, you know, made an appearance. I, I think he's made a. a an appearance early on in one of the European games, uh, but that, this was his first start, and you know his first first league game, first game domestically, and you know we've been waiting for so long to see him. So so it was good to see. You know, in terms, of, I'd like to go through the two of them. In, in terms of Davies, we'll start with him first because we've, we've seen less of him. I thought he looked, I thought he looked apart, and I've got to be honest with you, that's kind of how I felt. I, I felt when we signed him, we were signing a good player, and I think he settled us down a wee bit at the back. I thought we looked a lot more assured. Uh, obviously, Connor Goldson's had how many how many defensive partners this year? I know Sands has played there quite a lot, but you know he's had he's had quite a number, including Ryan Jack at one point. I think you know what I mean. So it's I thought I thought he looked you know I think it was nice to have a centre half there rather than a makeshift centre half. He looked like someone who plays his trade well, uh, and maybe just the the, the boost we're needing in, in that sort of area of the field. Absolutely, and when uh, I think it was con- it was confirmed after the game, got give credit where it's due. I think it was Joshua Barry at the Rangers Review. Was the first I saw on Twitter confirming that he'd, he'd come off at half time just because he was on the yellow card, you know. And I was like, we're almost ecstatic. I was anyway, you know, just took overreaction because you're thinking if the big guys get injured after putting in a solid, you're right what you were saying that 
I think it was actually before, we scored in the sixth minute, the first goal. But I think it was in that succession of three corners within the kind of second to fourth minute. He go on one of them. He did. He wasn't even. He didn't even jump. He's just holding his man off yeah, yeah, in yeah. the opposition box and just nodding it right back to the back post. It nearly, very nearly resulted in a goal. How, how much do we need that? Just exactly what you're saying. We've needed that for so. It was so good to see a proper centre half in there doing proper centre half things. Even didn't it? I don't. Was was it Devlin? He booted. For the yellow card in the middle of the park, because <laughs> that, that wee midfield thing they've got going, they all, they all look the same. I couldn't tell them apart, um, but he certainly he certainly booted one of them um, for the for the yellow card, and it was a it was a clever foul, a clever card to take because they were on the break, you know. And I just thought, aye, that's like exactly what you're saying. It's such a relief, and I think this is like we're getting Ross Wilson a hard time and what have you, um, because of the recruitment. And I thought uh, Brian and, and Craig, I thought on on. In Friday night's pod, preview pod, it'll never catch on. They're being totally sensible, you know, and they were totally looking through no, all the signs. I'll never, never you know, catch I'll, on. It'll never happen. They're getting it context and all that, and you know, getting a, a sense of proportion about things. Well, I'm a host at Jersnet, that'll never be part of it. <laughs> <a bit. laughs> I never thought I was watching when we signed Morris Johnson. I was burning my Jersnet season ticket. You know, this is a show for Rangers stars, giving it get him sacked. Don't, sacked. Doesn't matter what his name is, you know what I mean? Just get him sacked. No, uh, no, no, no time for this rational argument. And <laughs> it's not going to catch nah, on. It's, nah, no, it's nah. no staunch at all. Um, but they were just, just going through the signings and, you know, talking about maybe the wages were fought out in Sutter and um, made a, a gamble worth taking. And, you know, we didn't know that, you know, obviously Tom Lawrence, a classic example, he's hit the ground running. Absolutely fantastic. We saw him getting injured on the park at Easter Road. You know what I mean? It's, it's, not, as if, it's not as if we can just say, you know... Like, Ross Wilson gets the blame for that happening to him, kind of thing. You know, I mean, these things are going to happen. But I think having a new signing, one of his signings, actually making an appearance yesterday, eh, and giving us that kind of solidity at the back, we're looking for. To me, I think we're all we're all looking for another Hollander. You know, eh, before Hollander comes back, the injury if he ever comes back, and you, you, you're looking. I thought I think at times Sands has been underrated. He's had a hard time, but he's definitely been a bit uncomfortable at times. Sands yeah. playing, playing in the centre half, he's been caught out times. And uh, but I think he's been getting a lot of blame for stuff. He, he, he's doing well, you know. When it's no, it's a position he can play, but he's not been able to. He, he, he's as much a midfielder as anything else, and he, he, he's he's been really bled into that position in really tough games and tough scenarios. So to have a proper, just out and out uh, British centre half who understands the kind of rat bagness you get, and you know the kind of bam pottery you get in in, in the Scottish game. Yeah, I thought it was absolutely, it was fantastic. And it's one of the best aspects of yesterday. I, I, I really enjoyed it, mate. Uh, Gary, in, t- in terms of Matondo, I mean, I've, I've, I think the jury's still out on him. I mean, I mean, I mean he's, a, he's, he's an international player. I, I think we know he's a good player. But so far, I, 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 there's wee glimpses here and there. that, and I, and I think we got that yesterday. You know, I thought, he, you know, he obviously he got the assist for the second goal for, for Cholak. But still, a feeling that there's, there, there could be more to come. I, th- I think he's got the quality to be giving us more on that right side. Yeah, he's, he's definitely got the, the attributes to to be a dangerous player for us. But I don't know if it's age. I don't know if it's maybe it just takes a while to get used to Scottish football. But um, yeah, he play, played well yesterday. But I think what helped him was it wasn't like a banky ten that he was up against. He was he had a bit of space to run into and use his pace. Um, but if you look at that goal, I was really, really clever. It was a good pass. They caught me the good running for him to see that. Um, it was a good assist. So I'm hoping that he'll he'll build build on his his performance because as I said, he's, he's got the 
the tools there to be a really good player for us. And it's a, a troubled position, so it's, it's up for grabs. It has. Yeah, it has. It's, it's, it, I think both wings, and I mean, we'll come on and talk about Ryan Kent, but I think both those, you know, right and left are, are causing us issues at the moment. Eh, eh, no Glenn Kamara again, and I think we need to, you know, we need to acknowledge what the boy went through again last week with, when he was on international duty. I mean, in this day and age, ah, it's just it's pretty shit, and there's just no excuse for it really. And, you know, when you consider what he went through previously for him, they haven't go through all that again. And then UEFA's reaction has been woeful as per. Uh, but but that aside, you know, he's, he's he's not been in the last two squads, I think. There definitely seems to be an issue with him. His performance levels have been poor when he has played. I think he was one of these players where the body language just doesn't look right. You know, I, I, I think him and Bassi and Aribio, Aribo were really tight, really good mates. They're obviously away, you know, and you, you wonder if that's having an impact if he's starting to feel a wee bit, not lonely, but, you know, he's going into his work and his two best mates are, are, are away to work somewhere else effectively and it's not the same workplace for him anymore. You know, I've not read or seen any explanation why he's not been in these squads and so it seems to be that there maybe is an issue there and that the player maybe is just a wee bit unhappy at the moment. I. And uh, all, all our sympathy to I know he didn't want to make a thing out of it, you know, but uh, his treatment in, uh, in, in Podgorica was Eastern. I mean, we can see what's happening with Putin and all that. Eastern Europe is having a bit, it's taken a long time to catch up. Um, although Western Europe's gone through some serious right wing ban pottery just now as well, but uh, it's, it's horrible stuff uh, over there. It was, a, it, was, it was a they turned nasty. I saw the highlights of that game, uh, and Montenegro turned nasty. Uh, that's the stadium we beat at Zeta when we for the first game we played and we run to. Um, and we're run to Manchester. Uh, that was where we played them, but uh, it, was, it was horrible to see Glenn going through that again. And uh, just again, being a, a gentleman rising above it, I know, and in a way that none of us ever could. Um, he's a class act, Glenn Kamara. And I think uh, maybe a part of his problem uh, is he's constantly being touted as the guy who's going to go. You know, we, maybe if we don't get into champ, if we don't make this, these Champions League group stages, which ironically is his best performance of the season when he got drafted yeah. in for that game over in Eindhoven, he was absolutely phenomenal. Um, <laughs> Remember you and I did the preview uh, before that, and I was saying just go with the same team, just just go with the same team uh, we played at home, Eindhoven. I'm quite happy with that. And uh, the only change was he brought in Glenn Kamara, and he was man of the match. So that just shows you how much I know. But um, I, I think I think he's constantly put forward as if we don't get the Champions League money, we'll sell Glenn Kamara for ten million. You know, and I don't know how much of this. I don't know how he's getting talked about, how he's been talked to, spoken to at Ibrox. I don't know how you. That was I kind of felt. I thought maybe a problem the way we started last season in the defence of 55 that never really got going um, was so much was maybe dependent at our stage money-wise on getting into Champions League groups and this guy called Cholak made sure we, we couldn't um, when he was playing for Malmo and so you've got a lot of players who are maybe due to stay if we get into Champions League group stages or guys who've been told that maybe you'll need to get sold or guys who yeah. are only going to stay because we're in the Champions League group that, that, that was dependent that whether they would stay or not you know I think we've started the league season kind of slowly because there's, I don't care how professional you are if you don't know where you're going to be living you know it's going to affect yeah. you ah, yeah. your yeah. work life you know if you're going to move your family and what have you move yourself you know it's uh, it's going to be back in your mind and I think Glenn Kamara has constantly been touted as a guy who's who's next who's going to go um, so that's that unsettled anybody plus his position on the park has been changed all the time um, I think Gio's like me 
he, he loves him, but he can't find a place for him, almost. Um, he's such a good footballer. And Glenn Kamara is one of the guys, I think when he doesn't play, he, he needs he needs games. He's got that kind of sanguine, kind of relaxed style, which needs to get match fit and stay match fit. Because when it isn't, it becomes the sloppiness that we've seen him being prone to. You know, um, even going back to like last season against Motherwell, Fur Park is he's kind of cost us a goal. It didn't matter, we won the game 3-1, but... Um, he's been brought on to, to, to play, kind of to support the, the striker. Uh, Gio's had him being the only pivot when Gio first arrived. And I think I think he ran, I think he ran Glenn Kamara into the ground in that position. Yeah, you really you saw him physically overextending himself, you know, literally, you know, having to stretch for stuff that he didn't usually have to under Gerard because he would always have Ryan Jack or Steve Davis sitting there next to him. Um, so I think he's been physically knackered. He's in having to play different positions and he doesn't know literally whether he's coming or going. And then you've got all the off-field stuff he's been through. And at the end of the day, he's a young man, you know, who's been away from home for a long time. Um, I'm not saying he wants to go back to Finland, but he does maybe, you know, he probably feels really kind of close. He grew up at Arsenal, really, so he probably feels really close to London as well. So um, the thing with Glenn Kamara is I don't think any of us are getting against the guy, and I think he's been a class act to watch. Um, He needs to be in a team. He needs to be playing regular. And the thing is, if I keep saying that it looks like he's at the door, there's nothing more certain than they'll come in and have an absolutely brilliant game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he'll probably score the one on it. To be fair, that's it. I mean, I'm, a, I'm a, in absolutely no way am I having a go at Glenn Kamara here. I mean, I think everything you say there is is is, is relevant, and you know, I, th- I do think sometimes as supporters we forget these guys are human beings, and as you say, there, you know. This is their work at the end of the day. This is what they do for a living. And, and the, the, the point that you made there about I'm, I'm, am I leaving? Am I, am I not leaving? You know, it must have an impact. You know I, what I mean? What, it must. You're, you're just talking about what you're seeing. What you're seeing. And the club are giving us mixed messages about Glenn Kamara. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're quite right to pick up on it. And that's that's got to, that's got to play in his mind as well. But uh, ah, he's, he's a guy we've all loved. Um, and we just, we've got to see it settled one way or another. But if it's just a bit rotating, if it's a guy who's been, he's, he's getting the Brahim Hindani thing now, he's been brought in for Europe. You know, and and, and and if he's happy with that and he can play like, like that, then that, that's fine. Maybe he was at the squad yesterday because the, the whole Finland the Montenegro thing had got to him a bit more than, than he was letting on. I don't know. But um I just I would love to see him back. I, I really I really enjoy him as a player, you know. Um he's been a joy to watch, but uh, I just hope for him more than else it'll get sorted out. Hey, Gary, only a guy that's got better hair than you, which is it's fucking saying something by the way. Hey. I, Big Cholak, you know what I mean? That's a hairdo and a half, by the way. And uh, before we go going to talk about him, it is good to have a handsome number nine again, you know what I mean? It feels like, you know what I mean? Since Ali, I mean, I'm not saying we've been signing ugly number nines, but, you know, it's good to see that we've got the most handsome guy in Scottish football again. Uh, and two goals again, I mean, you know, Big Hately must be feeling like a bit of a mug now, Gary, you know, because he kind of, he wrote him off after one game. I think it's 11 goals in 13 games or something like that. I can't 13 or 14 now. 13 now. 13 out of 14, something like that. You know, he's scoring every week. The two goals yesterday, you know, very similar to Jelovic, you know, two one-touch finishes, which was, was always something, you know, he was really, really good at. You know, first goal, I missed it. Had to rewind it and rewatch it. You know, good cross for Ken. Good finish. A better finish than most people would, would give him credit for. Second one, I actually felt he should have cut it across the airfield. I thought he was taking a chance, taking uh, the, the shot on. But brilliant finish again. Two one-touch finishes. You know, he's running right at the moment. And, you know, it's just it's just, it's just, just great to see. I like I, I played as a striker enough. I played football, so I obviously keep a, an eye on 
more attacking players than, than anything else. But like that first goal yesterday, it's, it's him that makes the pass to Kent, and then he bursts like up to get into the into the box, and then the, the header, the, the keeper saving that because it's right in the corner, right off the yeah. post, uh, outstanding. And then the, the, the second goal, a really intelligent run, uh, gave Matondo the, the chance to pull the through ball, and then she says he, he could have cut it back, but he was confident enough to to put it away. And that, that's what you're wanting. You're wanting a striker that's got confidence. But about Mullen, I was saying to boys today, I was wondering if he's maybe got a bit of the Chris Boyd about him, but he'll score goals for fun in Scotland. But I just don't know if there's the jump to play on Tuesday, for example, and as Morelos will maybe play. But it's a, it's a good headache to have because we've got two really, really good strikers. Yeah, and we could have three. You know, I'm hearing these rumours, really Gary, that, that Roof, uh, I, got a wee, I got a wee tip off from someone that I know through the week there that the reason Roof, uh, has been out for so long as he's, he's trying to deal with this, this, this issue once and for all. And apparently he's training for the first time pain-free for, for the first time in years. So if there is any truth in that, and I'm not saying there is, I'm not saying I have access to this guy or the next guy, but you know, someone told me and there could be something in it because Roof has, has, has been out for, for some time. I mean, Roof, that, that's another quality striker. You know, he, I would argue if he was fit, and I think we've said this before in the pod, there's every chance he wouldn't be at Rangers, you know, we'd be playing at yeah. a, a higher level. So, you know, if, if Roof is going to, you know, get to a better sort of fitness level and give us more on the park, that's three options we have, you know. And, and after a period of so long where it, where it feels like we've just been relying on Morelos, all of a sudden you've got three guys who can all score, certainly domestically, and who all offer something different. You know, Morelos is, is good at, Dropping off, linking up the play. Do you say Chola? It's just a goal scorer. You know, get the ball in the box and he's going to score. Roof, really hard worker, good in the air. They all offer something different. Yeah, de- definitely. So that came out. Roof, he's such an intelligent player, and and the thing that frustrates me with, with Roof is that he's just never managed to get that run of games. Yeah, and, uh, I think maybe once he did, just towards the end of the the fifty five season, probably played his best football for Rangers, but then he just seems to go back to square one, and that's. It's not his fault can it, it happens, eh? It's if you've, you've got a wee niggle injury, but it's very frustrating. But then if we had them all fit, that's, that's a, a, a brilliant headache for Gio to have. Because as you say, everyone's got something different, depending on your opposition, you can play different styles or whatever it may be. But yeah, that's, that's, that's just good, but it's just hope he comes back to be fit. That's yeah. the only thing. Because if he comes back and plays a couple of games, breaks down again, and he's, he'll be on big money. Yeah, I know. I mean, I think we saw when he came on in the Europa League final, he was only on for, I don't know, he came on the last sort of two, three minutes of injury time, and he, he almost set up the, that. that made impact. That, yeah, you know, I felt if we had a, a natural striker that night, we, we could be sitting with a European trophy in the cabinet right now. So it'd be good if we got all three of them fit. It'd be really good because, as I say, Cholak's firing. Morelos seems to be rising to that challenge as well. You know, he, he seems a bit fitter and, you know, and a fit. Uh, Kmar Roof would be, would be great to see. Uh, Ek, on to the, the, the sending off. Uh, I mean, Cammy Devlin, you know, I, th- I think we can all agree he's, he's kind of one of those types. So got a wee bit of a nasty streak in him. Uh, had kind of been putting it about. You know, he'd done a couple of wee things. He had, he'd had a go at Matondo earlier on. The two of them sort of rolled on the touchline and he kind of put his knee in on him just, just as he landed. And then I can I kind of threw the ball off him as well. Just needless stuff. Uh, I seen him like 
screaming at uh, Ben Davies when he got his booking, you know, he's booking I uh, fist in the face and all that, as if I get it up you. And then the, the tackle itself, you know, it's, it's just a shocker, you know. And the, the thing that gets me is like, you could you could see it, you know, unfolding. You know, Matondo's trying to hold the ball off. And Devon's like two or three players in behind. And he just, it's almost like you see the red mist and he just runs in. And you can always see it coming. Uh, obviously, you, you don't know quite how bad it is until you, you see the replay. But, I mean, just shocking challenge. I mean, if he'd caught him right, he could have he could have done him some proper damage. Needless. And he's cost his team. Yeah, cowardice. It, it was cowardice. That, that, that's um, another word, yeah. That's a good know, word to I, saw, I, think, I think it's the problem. It's the same It's the same um, kind of mental condition as Ryan Porteous. Where you got, I mean, Porteous is a wee boy stuck in a man's body. Too much to prove. And uh, that, that wee guy yesterday, you know, Australians, I mean, we had Kevin Muscat, you know, so maybe <laughs> we know what a cowardly tackle. <laughs> um, can, uh, I was about to avoid him, wasn't he? I can date other players, but Kevin Muscat was a bit of a hard case as well. You know, that, this is just uh, a wee guy with too much to prove. Um, and that was just total nastiness. I think it's, it's that thing of confusing um, any kind of physical assault with being a fighter. You know, we actually mm -hmm. sticking up for yourself. We actually, you know, uh, just going toe to toe with somebody. That's taking folk from behind. Uh, I noticed that straight away. Um, where Matondo was on the deck and off the park, um, and he rolls and tap him deliberately. And I'm thinking, he's, yeah, he's, he's putting he's put the end to him purpose there. Yeah, yeah, that die. Then Matondo gets the ball bounced off, and we're already one nothing up at that point. I don't know if it's the old right getting their faces. Rangers, you know, they don't like it. You know, when you fire in about them straight away and that kind of thing, and it hasn't worked because we're already a goal up. Um. But then when he's cheering in Ben Davis's face because because he got a book and you're thinking you know, you you're, you're misunderstanding how this whole thing works. Yeah. You no. Know, um, this is going to end up. You, you think you're going to get yourself a painting uh, of yourself standing over a prone Alfredo Morelos, you know, in a game that you probably get beaten or drew. Yeah. You know, uh, it's 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 honking behaviour. Actually, I don't understand it. It's the same thing when he actually, I actually tweeted you know, about five minutes before. I, I said we we don't just need Lundstrom or something. We need to find a hard man that's going to sort him out. You know, um, not for retribution or you know, because I don't think it was anything hard going on. It was just, it was just kind of disgusting behaviour. It was just cowardice. It's taking guys from behind when they're not, you know, trying to control the ball and what have you. Um, I think we need to sort him out for our own safety because he's going to end up damaging somebody. And that, I mean, he's trying, he's trying to basically snap Matondo. He's raking him and stamping on his ankle again. At that point, Matondo's foot had just gone off the park as well. So that's two assaults off the park. Yeah, you know, um, it's. I called him on Twitter. Say a disgusting individual, and I wouldn't like to. I, I kind of regret that. I wouldn't like to write off a player like that. But um, to me, they're all young men footballers. He's I'm, I'm in my early fifties now, so. And I did when I was playing, you know, my pub league football on that when I was a boy. You know, you're you're all confused in Scotland. There's like you know, whole kind of machismo thing going on and all that, and you get it confused. And yeah, I, I I kicked a few guys once or twice, and it wasn't it wasn't like fifty fifties or or fair stuff. It was just. Oh, I'm raging, and that's what he reminded me of yesterday. Just a, a raging wee boy um, who's uh, got too much to prove. And I thought it was—I I was really glad when the referee finally took care of it, and I was glad Matondo uh, survived it. Uh, to be quite honest, um, and I think that's part of Matondo's kind of graduation into Scottish football. That'll be part of him getting the pace, you know, getting the mentality of the game as well. These guys are out to nail you. And, yeah. uh, the only—the only question I've got, the only thing I'm, I don't. This is about me. I don't know. You know maybe this is a thing. Um, you guys have played a better level. Everybody's played a better level of it than I did. I could beat myself at the back door, you know. Oh. But when you're Rangers went on and just played football, and I think that's your game. We are 
it used to be Celtic were the kind of all-out attack. They'd play football all the time, and Rangers were, you know, traditionally. I'm talking about up through the decades. Yeah. You know, we were we were the doer Presbyterian, you know, defenders and all that kind of thing. It was garbage. I mean, we'd players like Willie Waddle, Alan Morton, through to Brian Loudrop, and all that. We're one of the skillful players in Scotland. But always a reputation of we could take care of ourselves. Our greatest ever Ranger is John Gregg, you know, who um, phenomenal footballer, you know, um, but you know was known for being able to sort anybody out. You know, they needed sorting out. And I don't know what kind of stage is the game at these days. Do you just try and run over the top of teams football-wise, ignore that kind of stuff like we did yesterday? Or there's a responsibility on Rangers or on Rangers players to get a hoddy a wee bam pot like that and just get them sorted before he actually does some real damage. Because the one thing is, it wasn't like big tackle at the beginning of the game, bang, you know, Andy Halliday on whoever it was, you know, that... that for yeah. us, that, 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 the first time we beat Celtic in a few years, you know, when we were back in the top flight under Gerrard, it wasn't even that kind of statement tackle, you know, launched Ramon McGregor in the Scottish Cup semi-final. We were already winning, you know, and it, it did nothing to change the pace. It just made things worse for Hearts. It was just total nastiness. And I don't know if we should have somebody, you know, if you can afford to have somebody, the cameras with VAR coming in, that's going to go and sort out a player like that, you know, yeah. before it gets to that stage. Uh, Gary, before we move on for, for the red card, interesting comments. We should, you know, we've, we've, we've spoken about Cholak and he's, he's wonderful hair. Let's talk about Robbie Nielsen and his shit hair uh, and his shit comments. Because uh, he, he made some strange comments in the press conference yesterday saying, yeah, it's a red card. Could the referee have dealt with it differently? Maybe. What does that even, if it's a red card, surely you expect the referee to produce a red card. In what way could he deal with it differently? I've no idea. Um, it was about five yards away from him, ten yards at most. I'd like to think if there's ever like a, a school for referees, that would be an example of what a stonewall red card is. As Alex said, he's run by about two or three guys to get to him. He said he's back to him. He's been nowhere near the to even describe it as a tackle is, is crazy because to me he never even went for the ball. He just went no. to uh, injure him. him. It was yeah. off the park. I really don't see how he's got uh, anything to do. Maybe he's just trying to protect his player a wee bit. I don't know, but um, to be honest, I think uh, Van Bronckers has actually came out better than what Nielsen's came out for him. Uh, saying to the guy, "Can you're, you're better than that?" Yeah. Uh, I was just this. I think Nielsen's done that a few times. I think he you know, kind of plays the, the the old firm card or whatever, and thinks that Hearts didn't get any decisions when they play against Rangers or Celtic. So, I uh, just sour grapes. I think. Ah, uh, it was a strange one. Uh, I, I mean, I, uh, you know, it was the fact that he almost contradicted. Well, he did. He, he just all out contradicted himself. Yeah, it's a red card, but the referee could have maybe dealt with it differently. You're like, right, okay, I don't quite understand how. Uh, on to another refer- refereeing decision, Eck, uh, the, the, the Scott Arfield goal. Uh, just, just, a, just a bizarre decision. An absolutely bizarre decision. Uh, you know, everyone's talking about VAR and how VAR's going to fix these things. Now, let's not even get into the debate about, you know, let's just say for talking sake, Rangers lose the league by one goal, right? A goal that, if it had been scored after the World Cup break, would have counted because VAR was in, but before it, it isn't because VAR's not there. Let's let's avoid all that because that's a nightmare in itself. Let's just talk about, we shouldn't need VAR. Referees should not be getting decisions like that wrong. I mean, it's not even close to being a foul. And that's what pisses me off about that, right? Everyone thinks it's going to solve everything, blah, blah, blah. No one actually focuses on 
the standard of refereeing at times. Now, I get the argument that they need help. There are decisions that sometimes VAR does help on. I mean, I'm not going to say that everything about VAR is wrong. I think you've seen examples down south where it has worked. I think you've seen more examples where it hasn't. But let's just talk about how poor a refereeing decision that is and how poor a performance it was to Stephen McLean overall. I mean, some of his decisions yesterday were, were, were baffling. But that, no one apart from Michael Stewart We'll come on to that, Gary, so get yourself ready for that one. Uh, no one thought that was a foul apart from Stephen McLean. Aye, I, I never mind VAR. I mean, I think for, for me, it's like everybody who thinks VAR's going to solve everything is as wrong as everybody who thinks we shouldn't bring in VAR because it isn't going to solve everything. You know, you need to... I was at, I was at the, right, the... Before I went to the, the game against uh, Napoli, I went to the, the, the Europa Youth League game. Um, the Rangers under-19s playing Napoli under-19s at Fur Hill. And I sat in that Jackie Husband stand, I'm looking up at the goals in the, to my left. I'm thinking, that's the goal. I'll say to you, Colin, you're, you know, you're a few years younger than me, but you'll probably know Les Mottram. First thing I thought about yeah, when I saw yeah, the yeah. goals was like, what do you, you know, Les Mottram, the bog is in the back of the net. Um, I think we're playing the United. And the United scored against Partick Thistle, mid-90s. And the bog's in the back of the net. I think I, I think a Patrick Thistle player picked it up and booted it up the park or something like that. Liz <laughs> it came off the stanchion, play on. <laughs> yeah. To me, it's the most incredible decision ever. You know what uh, I, mean? I remember that one. I, and, uh, I <laughs> we, did, we didn't get rid of goal nets. You know, it was just, we got rid of Les Mottram. I think he ended up getting a cushy job in, as a director of refereeing in Japan or something like that. We had to get out of the country, basically. Um, after that, his career here was kind of was done. But... The technology, the technology is in that we build that helps. I don't want to go Martin Heidegger about this, you know. I can't because I don't understand Martin Heidegger. But um, it's t- the goal goals are one of the most basic. T- and we're going to the ground, by the way. The, the, the first ever goals, goal nets were used at Anfield when it was Everton we're still playing Anfield. They're invented by Oliver Pudley and goal nets. Um, so we're going there on in the Tuesday night. Um, but we didn't get rid of goal nets because Les Watram made a crap refereeing decision. And I think I personally think. I, we should get, you know, VAR, at least it will highlight. You need to know how crap referees are being, and that will highlight it excellent. You're going to have a great time come Christmas, mate. Come Christmas, you're going to get to go. Every every VAR decision that still looks unbelievable, you can have a few days. But it's just now, I'm like, we did get cost the league last season because the stuff we didn't get at Tanadice or whatever. And that's, that's equally right. You know what I mean? You, don't, you just don't know what's going to happen uh, overall. I, I personally think we should have as much uh, kind of eyes it, it seems silly for me when we're all sitting in the house and we can see decisions you know we can see stuff that a referee can't you know at least give him the chance you know and there's a whole lot of just now there's a whole lot of confusion between the interpretations and, and, and the actual kind of protocols for how the referee goes ahead with VA and when he brings it in when he has to listen to it and that's kind of thing that a lot of us don't understand just like everybody especially Mark Lawrenson used to sit and go every time it was a bad decision they would go technology technology as if it's going to solve everything. I think now, anytime there's a bad decision and it goes again, teams just go, VR's crap, VR's crap. I, I, I think we need to kind of analyse it a bit more objectively than that, which will never happen in football anyway. But yesterday, to me, Craig Gordon came out for a ball, didn't get to it. It dropped to a Rangers player and he put it in the back of the net. Robbie Matondo spun off a Hearts player and after Craig Gordon had dropped it, Craig Gordon landed on Robbie Matondo. You know, now, referees, if they're going to... Co- the biggest cop-out ever in refereeing, but you'll notice, Bernie Gary is a striker. 
um, is if anybody touches their precious goalkeeper. You know, <laughs> if the goalkeeper hits the deck in an awkward way that's affected by an opposition player, that's the biggest cop out in, 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 in refereeing. Oh, this looks dodgy. I'm not, I'm not getting that. And uh, we're all thinking in the back of our minds, maybe not saying it out loud, it's because you've just gave Hearts a red card and you're going yeah. to get you're going yep. to get hell from you know high on high, high above from the, the kind of you know we all think it's a Celtic dominated media and this kind of stuff just doing it. I, I don't think that's you know we're, we're second you know <laughs> the, the teams that don't get mentioned at all are laughing at us for saying um, we think that you know Celtic control the media it's like the old firm control uh, control the media but there's definitely evidence for saying that Celtic being you know through a lot of our own fault have been politically more influential than us um, and you definitely create a stoosh about this kind of thing uh, so we think that's what the referee was scared to have us three nothing up, seemingly on the back of one of his red cards just administered. So, aye, it was a it was a honking decision. Um, and aye, VAR, you're quite right, mate. It isn't going to solve the quality of the referees. Wally Collum, Easter Road. No, there we go. There we go. Michael Stewart, Gary. Uh, I mean. Uh, uh, no, we won four nothing yesterday. We won four nothing. We're going right, to no, Anfield, no. and you've won for VAR to make us. I'm pure raging now. Well, like in terms of the, the I mean, I, I remember that when you were talking about uh, the, the Partick Thistle goal, the, the ball kind of came back out. The Thistle defender catches it, throws it out the park, and blah blah blah. I would say that in terms of a, a Rangers perspective, this is the worst goal I've seen disallowed since David Robertson's against Celtic. A goal that was so badly disallowed that. The score showed one each for about 20 minutes after the goal was disallowed because even Jeremy McNee didn't know the goal had been disallowed. Everyone and their granny is saying it's a ridiculous decision. And Michael Stewart is coming out saying, no, it's the correct decision. Now, the reason I mention it, I, I hate giving that guy any sort of spotlight, but to me, it, it, it refocuses our relationship with the BBC. You know, and, and I know they've apologised. And I know they've tried to repair things or, or, or they're saying that they're trying to repair things. But my argument would be that the standard of reporting when it comes to Rangers has not improved at all, really. It's still the same. All that's happened now is they've apologised and they have access and clowns like this guy can just absolutely say what they want. I was going to call him an arsehole, but yeah, a clown's uh, quite a, a decent one. Oh, uh, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's go with an arsehole. Well, that's, that's, I'm trying to be tame. But uh, yeah, I've watched yeah, sports in Yeah, I watched sports in uh, this morning uh, just to see the highlights again. And kind of, as soon as he, he says that, okay, Kenny Miller's laughing, Stephen Thompson's laughing. He's at it. He, he's just trying to. He's a, a caricature now that he's just trying to play up to the, his audience. And that's that's what he's he's not even worth speaking about. To be honest, he's just a fud. Does it not point to a bigger issue with the BBC in general? Possibly, I'm, I'm I'm in two minds with the whole BBC thing. I, I was, I'm just happy to see Rangers being spoken about again. For 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 so many years, it was it was like a the dirty secret. Rangers were in a, a European final, but we can't talk about that. Or yeah. uh, they've done this, but can't talk about that. And like Rangers win the, the league fifty five and. There's, there's no reporting there. There's there's no footage or in the BBC, and then they make a documentary about it, and actually nobody for like officially for Rangers is involved in it. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, and like, I, I don't mind it being balanced, and like get, get, Kenny Miller's on it. You know what side of the fence he's on. If, if Michael Stewart thinks that being a bit biased and 
whatever on the other side. It's how he wants to, to make his career. Then fair enough, but it, it doesn't bother them. It bother me that much about how the BBC report us. I'm just glad to see that we're getting spoken about again. That's fair enough. Uh, Ek, uh, the Geo subs at half time. You know, uh, the best way I can put this, in my opinion, and this is maybe just a, a symptom of where we are as a team at the moment. You know, just feeling a bit negative and a, and a bit wary because of the standard of performances. I felt his subs yesterday were the kind of subs you'd have made if that Arfield goal had stood. They weren't, it wasn't a two, it wasn't a, a two and a half subs, it was three and a half subs. You know, he made wholesale changes and I was just a wee bit, still a wee bit nervous about if the light hearts come back into it. For periods of that second half, there was times when I was like, we should be putting this team to bed and we're not. And there was a couple of wee chances. There was there was an incident with Sands where he got caught one and one, and they were claiming for a penalty and all that kind of thing. Just a couple of wee things. I mean, not 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 clear cut clear cut chances where uh, you know McGregor's going to make the save or that. But just wee moments where you think if they could get in here, get a goal, then all of a sudden we're under the cosh again. They've got a wee lift. And, I, and again, I don't know if that's a symptom of, of where we are, you know. But there was just times in that performance yesterday when I felt not, you know what, we should be killing this team off and we're not quickly enough anyway. I know we got there eventually but we just didn't seem to be doing it quickly enough. Motherwell at Ibrox last season uh, after there the Dortmund game, mate. Um, yeah. that's, we've got, we're traumatised from that. Um, I'm talking about you know the attitude of other fans towards the, the, the gripes of uh, Rangers and Celtic fans. They think it's hilarious you know, um, and for us to be complaining that we didn't win 4-0 well enough. It might seem like that but um we get the whole thing about it's you know the very thing that these fans slag us for you know it's having so much money having so much more supporters and that well that's why we need to be winning all the time uh, apart from anything else that's why it's a beamer for us not to be winning all the time uh, in Scotland so you can't have it both ways we are right to be concerned and I'm not being fu- <sighs> we were in a European final in May yeah you know and I just I, I love I, I think it's still part of the whole thing of coming back the infrastructure getting itself sorted we can talk about that and you know, in terms of how the board's behaving in that um, just now. But we seem to not be able to enjoy anything for a long time. You know, we, we don't get much time to enjoy anything. And it's like we're in a European final in May, but and it seems really petty. We're two points off the top of the league. We're going to Anfield in the Champions League in, in Tuesday. But we get beat 4 nothing two games in a row this season. Yeah. Now, it's two, it's, it's, it's our hardest fixture in the league, followed by anybody in the world going to Ajax and going, going to Amsterdam to play Ajax. That's a, that's a horrific fixture, you know. But Rangers simply have never lost two games in a row for now. Just, it's just never happened. Do you know what I mean? I mean, sorry, it might have I've known who the guts to check out. N- but, 19, but, 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 1982, I think, was the last time I no, beat the 4-0 We conceded four games in the last day of the season at We beat 4-0 at Pataudry, then we lost the Scottish Cup final to Aberdeen the following week, 4-1, four after one, the extra yeah. time. Yeah, I was, yeah. That's my first Scottish Cup final. Welcome to the jinx. But it's, it's, it just doesn't happen. We were right to be concerned. And we're watching our players, we'll talk about body language, we're watching our players um, no, just no looking like they're interested at times. We were right to be panicking. So yesterday, it seems greedy. To, you know, it, it, and I think what you're saying is right. It looks like Geo thinks things are sorted before they are. We haven't, we are only at that stage where we can go, right, that's 2 nothing. that's done and dusted, they're done to 10 men. Oh, Italian style, we'll administer the result. You know what I mean? We'll just we'll just see this suit and we'll get ourselves ready for Anfield. We haven't hit our fitness yet. This is it's the first day of October. Now I think real champions, real champions are pish in August and they're pish in September. And then they 
they take off in October. All that stuff yesterday, all hearts of one of the games at Tynecastle this season. I'm thinking, that's just brilliant. Aye, that's, that was one of the things that was giving me a bit of hope. I love all that kind of pattern. There's no mm. way hearts are winning the league. Somebody's going to sort them out and this is your chance to be that to be that team. I've seen Rangers teams in the mid-80s and were crap doing that, being really good in August and September. Suddenly you've got a crowd of, oh, 25 to 30,000 turning up at Ibrox and Aberdeen with Tompas, you know, and we have guys yeah. sent off with pans on the park and that bet be nothing happened until the following season. The season was dead. So I'm happy. But we're not at that stage where we're doing that yet. You know, but we're not, we haven't achieved the pace yet. We haven't achieved, we, haven't, we don't have it in our legs. We're going to Anfield, it, you know, I keep talking about because Liverpool is just such a part of the kind of interior furniture of my football life. You know, I'm, I, I, get, I get dug up. I, my first official warning in a job was because I was caught reading Graham Souness's No Half Measures in my desk, in my, in my, sneaking it under out my desk, my, my gaffer came in and saw me reading it, you know, when it was at my job, because I just, any day with Liverpool was just, it was a bit winning at that time. The team, Liverpool team I grew up with were the, the man city of just now, you know, like, they're no far off at the new Liverpool, they're amazing just now. But they set the example, and as soon as said, as Joe Fagan says, Joe Fagan was the manager of Liverpool team who won the European Cup in 84, and they won the league in the League Cup as well. Um, that season, you can start a game, uh, too fast and slow down, but you can't start a game too slow it's and speed, slow up. speed up. And that's yeah. what we've been doing all season. So we got the first two bits right yesterday. We started like a house on fire. We had two goals, you know, uh, in the first half away from home. We looked up, we looked up for it, but we needed to see us keep that going, get it in the legs, get that tempo set that's going to sustain us through the whole season. Um, so when we came out in the second half, we make two subs and you're still thinking, right, okay, we didn't know what happened with Davis at that point. You know, ben Davis, was it, was it an injury? You know, because he's obviously got an injury record when he first, first came here. Um, and we saw Ryan Jack. I mean, Kenny McLean's really big uh, for, a, for a Scottish midfielder and Ryan Jack had to carry him for 70 minutes and crack off uh, during the week. So no wonder Ryan Jack was, was injured. It was, it was knackered and he was going off. That was fine. A few rusty touches in the first half. That was fine. But Hearts made two subs, you're down to 10 men, and within two minutes, they've got a corner. Aye, I'm the same as you. I was shitting myself. Is this yeah. going to go wrong? You know, um, and that's why I was, I was utterly delighted that we finally picked the right scoreline on it. You know, and I think, to be fair to Rangers, um, screaming at Ryan, I mean, for Ryan Kent to get a goal has just become a thing. You know, it's amazing to see Ryan Kent actually get a goal with practically the last kick of the ball. That was just a massive thing. Um, almost as good as having Ben Davis, having a, a proper centre-half, and it's centre-half beside Goldson as well. But... It was just a case of uh, they were trying so hard to get the goal that we wanted them to get that we weren't scoring. I'm shouting at Ryan Kent and Alfredo Morales through the whole second half. And I was like, no, well, Alfie, come on later on. For trying too hard to score when that was the very thing that we want. I felt as if they're in situations where they should be passing it, you know, to make sure the team got a goal and then they could have the wee personal thing of trying to, you know, try to get a goal. I don't, yeah. three nil, the game would have been dead and we just couldn't seem to get to three nil. But eventually we got there. You know, and uh, but I think you're right. I don't think we've hit the tempo yet. I don't think we've actually had the statement performance yet. No, not domestically. We've certainly had a couple of them in Europe. Um, but I, I don't think we've had that yet. So I don't think we could afford to be fanning about like that. I would have, I would have had the same team. I think, I think Ryan Jack was struggling. I think he had to go off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I would have, I would have, uh, I wouldn't have Davis, Davis off. You know, I don't really care about his booking. You know, we need to have a proper all-out win. You know, doing everything right to get this domestic season up and running. Gary, you know, Morelos comes on, gets a goal, makes it 3-0, you know, kills the game, and, you know, nice wee celebration and pisses it. I would like to say he pissed off the Hearts fans, but I think a good few chunk, chunk of them had, had already left at that point. Uh, 
but I want to talk about Ryan Kent because he's someone that's really struggled this season. You know, really looked off at body language. One of those players where, where the body language has been off. You know, he's shooting at times has been horrific. You know, not giving us anything in terms of, you know, goals and assists. I believe his goal yesterday was his first goal, first league goal anyway in 2022. And uh, so it was It was good to see him get the goal. You know, and he got the assist early on as well. You know, it was him that put the cross in for Cholak. You know, I've questioned his desire to be here. He's obviously not signed a, a contract. His contract's up in the, the summer. You know, and you start to question whether he wants to be here, the body language. I, I, I wondered whether there's an, a wee bit of an issue between him and Gio because it, it just doesn't seem to be playing the, to the same level that he played under Steven Gerrard. That said, he looked genuinely delighted when he scored. Like, delighted and relieved as if that's me finally got my goal and it was a peach as well so hopefully maybe maybe the catalyst that he's been needing and that we're all looking for just to put him on a wee run because I think we can all agree you know if, if he reaches what he's capable of you know he's one of the best players in Scotland that's what the frustration is because we all know what he can do he just doesn't do it enough but I'm, I'm I maybe got my facts and figures mixed up, but I'm sure they said yesterday, eh, sorry, Saturday. It was Saturday yesterday, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> eh, that a goal and an assist is the first time Kent's done that since 2020. Right. So, so I can't remember if it was up. They, they said whatever that was, and it, was, uh, it wasn't yesterday anyway. It was uh, quite a while ago. And then at the end of the game, Boyd, eh, Chris Boyd said as well, um, if it's no 3 nothing and it's not the last minute, Kent doesn't shoot there. He passes yeah. it. And, and I, I totally agree with that because he's, I don't know why he's not got the confidence because he's, he's definitely got the ability. And that, that's the most frustrating thing. Then it, you always want him in your team because he's a, he's one of the players that the opposition will maybe put two men against and yeah, they yeah. might have distraction and it causes uh, space for other other players to, to do stuff and that. But Ryan Kent on top of his game, as we've seen against like Dortmund last year, absolutely ripped up my bats. And that's, that's the player that we paid £7 million for. And it just doesn't do enough, and that, that's what's so frustrating. Because when you see what it will do, something like, like that uh, assist for the Colax first goal yesterday, his left foot absolute beauty across, and then yesterday his right foot scores a goal like that. Yeah, and he's, 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 he's got so much ability, and I just I really really like to see him do it consistently. Because as you say, see if he was to do that for a full season, he'd probably run away to play the year because he's that good. But it just it's, the inconsistency kills him. Absolutely, yeah. Kills us sometimes think, as well because you're a big player, so you want him to kind of carry us, and sometimes he doesn't do it enough. I also think if he was to do that, you know, most weeks, you know, a goal and assist and all the rest of it, we wouldn't maybe have got a return by now on the investment because I think actually that's what Rangers were looking for. You know, I think if, if he does go for free next year, then as part of this player model thing, you would have to say that that's a deal that hasn't quite worked. You know what I mean? But uh, I, I just, I mean, I was chuffed for him. I mean, he's frustrated me all season. In fact, I'm being kind, but frustrated. He's pissed me off all season, you know, because his body language and just everything about him. Because as you say, Gary, you know he can do so much more and it's it's just so frustrating. Uh, right, anyway, guys, before we move on to the next thing, I'll, I'll need to mention our other partners at Zenith Coins who produce the official Rangers Club coin. Each gold coin is uh, gold-plated, has a unique serial number engraved on the outer rim 
comes complete with a Rangers presentation box and certificate of authenticity. Uh, a host of famous Rangers fans, including Alan McCoy, Derek Johnson, Marvin Andrews, uh, Tom Saltman, Gordon Ramsay, they all own one, one of these uh, collections. Zenith has also produced the 150th anniversary collection, which is limited to 1,872 sets worldwide. Uh, they celebrate five iconic milestones, which are the founding fathers, uh, Ibrox Stadium, the 1972 European Cup Winners' Cup win, nine in a row and 55 league titles. If you're looking for more info on that, get yourself onto www.zenithcoins.com. Uh, right, guys, uh, I need to bring in uh, the next thing on the agenda, which is the fourth kit launch of the season. Uh, disclaimer before we get into this, I am well past uh, buying kits and stuff like that. I, it's not something I do anymore. Uh, I still play fives and all the rest of it, but I don't wear kits and that anymore. Those those days are long behind me. So maybe I'm wrong to get pissed off at this, but uh, I'm pissed off at it because it just feels it's another thing. You know, when you talk about my jars, the price of the Champions League tickets, uh, the amount of stuff that you get. And like, I don't know if you're the same, but I get emails like every day for Rangers trying to say, I'm with this, that, and the next thing. You know, and just that feeling that you've just been monetized by the club, you know, that, that there's no real sort of substance to this relationship. It's just you're there to give us money, so just give us money. And the fact that they, they launched this kit like a day, two days after it came out in the press, that they had been fine for fixing the, the price of a kit in 2019, something like that. You're just like, just, it's so poor. And no club, no club needs four fucking kits for fuck's sake. You know what I mean? It's just ripping the piss in my opinion. I think I've got one Ranger shirt in there that I bought. I mean, I could, I could maybe get it over my arm now, you know. Uh, I got the, in fact, it's the 82, 83 kit. You know, the one that the pinstripes, the original, no, this one they brought out during the week, the first time that's they ever it, had pinstripes. That's the first kit I got, the first official Umbro kit I got. Aye. Ah, oh, it's classic. Although we did ditch the red and black socks for that, which really upset me. Yeah. And then, you know, didn't work out for John Gregg as manager when Jock Wallace came in. You know, it didn't really work out for Jock Island his second spell uh, as manager. But we, I think we played Aberdeen at Pintodre. I wasn't at that one, but we come down the tunnel for this first home game back and we're wearing the red and black socks. Just a bit <laughs> absent. <laughs> I was, I think we drew 0 0, but that was me. I was still having to hang buzzing. Dungeon 80s, right? It was Dungeon 80s. Dungeon 80s, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember. Oh, yeah. Happy days, not. But um, I, I, I don't think there's any, I don't think there's anything you can say here. It's been well documented. You know, it's, it's it feels like a piss take. So I, I've got to go kind of devil's advocate and try and think of something original to say. And I think back to in the, in the middle of maybe before. We get rid of all the proper gangsters on our boards, you know, we're, we're, we're beating Cowden Beef 1-0, Dean Shields has a deflection, there's like maybe 29,000 at Ibrox, you know, out of the 40,000 that bought season tickets and everyone's feeling miserable and Celtic are winning treble after treble and we're sitting think, I'm sitting thinking I would do anything, I would do anything, see if I was, I wish I was a millionaire, a billionaire, I could just, just buy us, right now I would buy Aberdeen. You know, a player, or five, that they could actually stop Celtic winning the league this year, it was... One of the characters on Rangers Twitter, I can't remember, I apologise, it's either Tags or Shota's Disco Shoes, I can't remember who it was, said to me once, and he was just joking, but it touched a nerve about the, the Espanolification of the club at that point. It felt like, you know, we've already got Partick Thistle in, in Queen's Park here, but there was a wee moment, as we all know, where we wondered, are we ever going to come back? Are we going to just be, you know, constantly, you know, getting taken over by gangsters and... 
we'll never get back and we'll be plodding about in the first division, maybe getting relegated for the Premier League properly, you know, um, just uh, through nobody able to get ourselves sorted. So I would have done anything to be able to throw money at Rangers uh, at that point. And now the club are making sure if you want to throw money at Rangers, there are millions of opportunities. You can spend £72 getting a dinner with Ian Ferguson. You can get yourself down for a 20% discount in the Molten Brown uh, range for your, your, your toiletries. You know, and now you can get yourself um, <laughs> the, the, the fourth kit for you and the 15 wains and your gran and whatever. You know, there's, there's plenty there's plenty of opportunities you know, to throw money at Rangers now to make sure that we are monetized that we are that's how it works these days uh, to get the club going i know exactly what you mean mate it's far too much um one thing i will say is i don't understand maybe i was maybe that maybe i had a tough upbringing uh you know but it used to be a, a bottle of empto and a, a copy of the warlord that was that was enough for me that got me this this thing that you have to buy the kits for the wains because the wains demand it you know some somehow you know, you're going to get sent to social services you're going to get reported to the social services if you don't get your kit your wains every full rangers kit going i don't really get that kind of that kind of mindset you just just tell them no uh, but then <laughs> i remembered but then i remembered my first ever memory a european football european club football was range uh, Liverpool in the 1977 European Cup final against Borussia Mönchengladbach. We're talking about Led Zeppelin. It began, I, I was ranting about Led Zeppelin beginning this program. They're on these documentaries, folk talking about their first, their first memory of seeing guys being sexy. They thought, oh, I'd be like that. You know, my first memory of seeing guys being sexy was that Borussia Mönchengladbach strip. My poor mum. This is 1977 or Drossen, where you go a Scotland strip, a Rangers strip, Celtic strip, get sent down to um, the sports shop in Hamilton Street in Salkots to ask for a Borussia München Gladbach strip. <laughs> this is the days where you get three live games in the telly every year. You know, and the guy's like, Gesundheit, <laughs> bless you, <laughs> man. Well, you know, so um, I am one, I was one of the Wayne's that wanted, that, that saw a strip and wanted it. So I did have, have total sympathy for, for parents who feel they've got to fork out for that. But I mean, it's... I don't know. If you want to pick one into the club, there's more than enough opportunities to do. I think there's, there's becoming too many. Yeah, uh, I think that's the point I'm trying to make. And, I, and it, I think it could damage the relationship between the fan base and the club. And I think it is, in a way, uh, going by what I'm seeing in social media. Oh, it really is. Aye. Folk are, folk, folk are, getting, folk are getting hacked off here, you know. Yeah. And I think I think that the big one for me, I, I, I my years last season, you know, I, I just sold my morals down the river. I was just like, if I don't get to the Scottish Cup final, I'll never go back and see it because I will feel so distanced to the club. You know, if I don't get if I don't get to Hamden for the first time in 20 odd years to see Rangers. So I, I end up signing up for my, my jersey and some kind of twisted desperation to get their attention. To get, but I, got, I got a ticket, you know, unofficially. Um, so it didn't do me any good. Um, but I don't want to be in that situation again. So I signed up for my jersey just to get to Hamden. Um, but the, the Champions League tickets this season, no being able to buy them in instalments, no being able to buy them individually, only being able to buy the package. Um, I was embarrassed for us with that, to be honest. I also think the price, because I think it should, I, I, I should point out when when Liverpool put uh, the message out in social media about how much it was costing them to get into the Ibrox, they were going after nut. It's forty one quid. It's forty one quid on Tuesday night, and you know my 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 ticket was sixty four quid. You know what I mean? So yeah. they are they are they're the pass. But anyway, uh, let's move on. Before before we talk about uh, Tuesday night, uh, I need to mention our final partners, football prizes. Uh, not any. There's nothing going on at the moment there's no competitions that I know of uh, at the moment but there's you know you can go on and see what else I've got there at www.footballprizes.co.uk uh, right Gary Tuesday night Liverpool at Anfield uh, 
I I was going. I had a ticket, uh, albeit in the home end. Uh, but the train strike uh, on the Wednesday, I was going down on the Tuesday, staying the night, uh, coming back up on the Wednesday. Uh, that's humped me because the, the only other travel I can get is down and back on the same day and nearly 50. I, I, I don't want to spend more time in the bus than I'm going to spend in Liverpool. So I've, I've gave up the go. So I'm not going. But, uh, you know, we're looking at, you know, Rangers don't have a point yet in Group A and it has been suggested that we could possibly go the whole the whole group uh, without getting a point. But I watched Liverpool last night in match of the day. <laughs> They're a bit of a shambles, especially defensively. You know, it, it, feel, it feels to me like we could go down there and maybe sneak something. But you're also thinking we could go down there and get properly pumped. Thinking we're going down to the win, I think you've had too many Madries during this uh, <laughs> program. Um, I didn't I'm, say win; I said get a result. Well, I'll get yeah. a result, okay. Uh, if I'm being hundred percent honest, I'd be happy if it was under three or four. Because and if we scored, that'd be really nice because we've not scored a goal yet. Um, all my see for the pure spectacle, the Rangers being at Anfield in the Champions League, that means a lot more to me than what the final result will be. Um, so back with the big boys, a proper big game that probably got the British media looking at it and everything as well but this week my main concern is getting three points against St Mern on Saturday and I just hope we don't get embarrassed on Tuesday I'm a bit surprised with that Eck. I mean, I, I mean I'm not saying we're going to go down there and get a result uh, but based on Liverpool's form you know they're sitting mid-table at the moment you know they've been pumped 4-1 by Napoli uh, and, and that's the thing that there's there's a bit of you know they're up and down and all the rest of it. You know, we saw what they done to Bournemouth. But also, you know, Brighton went there yesterday and were brave. And I mean, I think there's so many players in that in that Liverpool team at the moment out of form. I mean, Trent just looks all over the shop at the moment. Van Dijk doesn't doesn't look the same. Uh, Salah can't score for love my money. Uh, you know, hat trick. I, <laughs> you know, I think I think I think the point I'm trying to make is. It seems like the best time to get them. You know, if we, if, we, if we were playing them at this point last season, yeah, I would be really fearful. And I'm still slightly fearful. But I'm also thinking, you know what? They're, they're not playing well. They are not playing well at the moment. Summing, summing up every bit, summing to yourselves, Rangers, every bit of confidence, every bit of skill, every bit of stamina you've got and go down here and just score into the cop. I don't give a Fuck. I'm actually going to, I'm going to start crying. I don't care. I'm, I'm exactly with Gary. I don't care. I'm going to see Rangers shooting into the cop. And I can't tell you what that means to me. I can't tell you. Um, I know there's a whole Nick Hornby world going just through everybody. Oh, it's all about me. It's all about me. But I, I can't help it. I'm 53 year old. And uh, when I was growing up, this is the very first European club match I remember uh, was Rangers. It was, was, was Liverpool. Uh, winning that, that their first European Cup, and I think if I'd been born a year later, um, it was they won three one. It was an exciting game. I remember that that Borussia Mönchengladbach strip was the sexiest thing I'd ever seen in my life, and it had green in it as well, and it still looked amazing because you didn't have the generic or, or the strips across the world were all the same. It was that whole thing. It's total old man patter, you know. You, all the strips were different in the days, and a foreign player was a foreign player. And was, but it, I remember it, and I remember my dad. The commentary for that game. Barry Davis is delighted. He's like, oh, my, what a delighted scorer. It's Tommy Smith when Tommy Smith makes it 2-1. Uh, his, final, his, his final game. And he was supposed to play the following 
Jason European Cup finally dropped a hammer on his foot the night before it. His Tommy Smith. And I remember, and I get that commentary confused with my dad sitting in the in, in the couch saying, Christ, Tommy Smith scored. Well, it's the time my dad was following Scotland all the time and, and totally hated England and all that. And Tommy Smith was a big England hard man, a harder guy you, you, you'll never see. Um, I've no affection for Liverpool. It's a strange thing. I don't have any affection for I don't have affection for Scotland Rangers and Russian Winton Rovers. I can't really fake it for anybody else. But I, I think that most, a lot of Scotland, I know Gary doesn't have a lot of time for maybe English football, but a lot of us, no, I just love the whole, I just love the whole English game. I just, I, I grew up with it. I love foreign football. I loved all football. You know what I mean? But there's only one team that I could love, one club that I could love in amongst all that. But Liverpool, I went down to Anfield and night. My sister was at university in, in Staffordshire. Um, and I would go down and see her on a Friday night, get drunk, try to get off of one of our pals. And then on the Saturday, we would go to, because she was, because she was based, I was stood in the whole end. I just was lucky enough. It was it was the kind of early to mid nineties, just catching all these grounds before the big terraces get changed to stands yeah. because of the Taylor report, you know, and we know how that came about. We're united Liverpool um, in, 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 in the most horrible way, um, a way that we, we wish we were never united with them. And we're at a stage now where they were rebuilding all these stands, you know, the whole end was, was my personal favourite. I used to see it in the telly all the time. I was obsessed with it, see it in the telly all the time. FA Cups, it looked amazing, the FA Cup semi-finals. And um, it's only now with Spurs that they've caught on, you know, you don't build a two-tier stand. They, they made the whole, the whole end a two-tier stand, you know, at Villa Park, and it was still huge. You rebuild a cop, you build, you get a raking stand behind the home end. It's one tier and it's massive. Doesn't it, the fans don't care about the sight lines? They want to have that feeling. Architects talk about how they base it on Dortmund's yellow wall. The West Fallon wasn't built until 1974. Willie Waddle modeled the rebuild of Ibrox on the West Fallon. Um, uh, the West Fallon just evolved wanting to be the cop. They started singing Never Walk Alone and all that. I've not a lot of time for the mawkishness, but um, I've met Liverpool fans and they try to, I've met their casuals and all that when I was a 16-year-old, 30-year-old guys try to bat us and all that. You know, I saw what happened at high. So Liverpool are everything about British football. The whole gamut, the whole range, they're the most successful, they're the biggest, the most successful team in, in Britain. They won six European Cups, only... That's the same as Bayern, only Milan and Real Madrid have won more European Cups. Um, Man U have won one more league title, but to me, Liverpool are just the team. I went down to the court, I stood on it in a couple of weeks before it, uh, before they actually were going to start seating it, because it was something I had to do. And there's a photograph of me standing in the court, it's probably the happiest I've ever looked in my fucking life. <laughs> I was so happy to be there. I was not feeling for Liverpool, it was just a concept, it was just to be in this iconic, this iconic uh, piece of architecture. And they went one nothing up. It was you no, know, it was Sunnis' team. They were going through a bad period. Ian Rush scored after four minutes, just like just like yesterday. They were made to shoot into the cop in the first half. There's no suit Liverpool. Yeah. And they went one nothing up after four minutes. And it was Ian Rush. So I go to see Ian Rush scoring into the cop, an icon. Oh, the whole thing falling back and forward in the cop. I wasn't really celebrating. I don't really care about Liverpool. Second half, Yo Stein Flo, Tor Andre Flo's big brother, but Sheffield United were playing. They were fighting relegation. He scored twice, and Sheffield United beat them two one. And I heard the ball, because of that thing with away fans, you know, up the other end, up the Anfield Road end, heard the ball hitting the back of the net. And I was like, oh, you can hear the ball actually hitting the net. It's so silent, so dramatic when the away team scores into the cop. And I think that's reminding me of a phrase. That's reminding me of a quote. Oh, it's a Scottish, it's a guy talking about being at Hamden, playing for Scotland for 149,000. And the swish of the net was the only thing you could hear when Tommy Lawton scored the winner for England. And it was Bill Shankly. Bill Shankly no. made that quote. 
and he's for Ayrshire and so am I. And um, we're talking about I mean, talking, the goal nets were actually invented. The first time goal nets were ever used was Anfield. And I judged players when David Beckham scored for England against Finland and international, it was played at Anfield. He scored into the cop. And I'm not just like, that's Beckham's getting the acclaim for the cop. That's a place. Alan McGregor will get applauded when he goes up to the cop. Um, <laughs> on, on, on Tuesday you, night you're saying to me you'll no get the usual you'll know she said no part exactly not. exactly, right, exactly. Oh, you'll get, applaud, you'll that's, get applauded that's, that's you know normal because I, mean? I thought that kind of, of thing wasn't allowed because it's point scoring and stuff I know there we go there we go but I just I'm, I'm, I'm going, I remember like uh, Vinnie Jones you know Wimbledon's is spatting and this is Anfield signing the ride in the tunnel and um, but the other he then went out and he scored into the cop and you think for all this scumminess of Vinnie Jones he scored into the cop you know, yeah. and I had to see, it's a long and short, insane way of saying to you, I can't believe I'm going to get, like Gary said, I'm just going to get to watch Rangers shooting into the cop. And that just means so much to me. It's actually overwhelming. You know, 45 minutes. This is another one of the moments, like, this is what it was all about. This is what coming back was all about. The rewards. We never met Liverpool in Europe. I've seen us playing them in friendlies. And have it, but we've never met them in Europe. Um, we've only won once on English soil. I don't, I'm not even daring to think about getting any kind of result. I would have hoped yesterday, actually, that, that Brighton um, hadn't scored that equaliser. I was wanting Liverpool to win yesterday, so in their kind of up-and-down form just now, yeah, yeah, yeah. we would get them in a trough. You know, they've had their trough yesterday. Um, they are so packed full of stars. Guys who don't just disappear uh, overnight. I'm talking about Rangers. We started motoring in October, we hope. That's the way champions do. Man City obviously going to win the league this season down there, but Liverpool have been in three of the last five Champions League finals. They've been a European final, you know, five of the last six years. You know, um, they're just a, an absolute phenomenon. They could utterly pulverise us. They certainly did the last time a Tavernier, Marcus Tavernier, playing for Bournemouth uh, this season. He went there after they lost to Man United. So we've got our Tavernier going down there, and I was hoping he was going to show up uh, trying to Alexander-Arnold, you know, as uh, what a, a, an England right-back should be. You know, but other guys have got there before him. Um, but I mate, sorry, but we've run on too long. I'm talking too much, but I, I just don't want us to make an arse of ourselves. I don't want to be able to look and never be able to look at the cop again because Liverpool have put four or five goals passes through it. You know what I mean? We lost four nothing in Ajax. We lost three nothing at home to Napoli. If we lost two nothing um, on Tuesday, I would just be delighted that we haven't made an arse of ourselves on a and on, on the the British European venue. Um, and if we could score a goal on the cop. You'll not see me again. You'll not hear this part again because I'll die happy. It should be pointed out. I think I think we're underselling ourselves a wee bit here. This is European, you know, Champions League finalists against Europa League finalists. I know it's we're the, not in the best of the, form. The Super but, Cup winners up match. Right. Yeah, as as uh, anyway, guys. I we've, we've kind of overran a wee bit there, but there we go. That's Sorry, fine. that's fair enough. No, 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 it's fine. We'd overran before before that. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, right, guys. So we'll, we'll call time there. A big thanks to Eric and to Gary. Uh, for their contributions. We were live tonight, we were live on a Sunday night, uh, but the pod will be available to download and stream from tomorrow uh, on Acast, iTunes, YouTube, Castbox, Stitcher, Spotify, all your usual places. As I said, a big thanks to Eck and Gary. Uh, we'll have a preview show out on Friday for the St. Martin game and we'll be back next Sunday as well. In the meantime, get yourself onto the Jersnet website and forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. In the meantime, guys, enjoy Tuesday night. Uh, hopefully we'll get a result. I'm more confident than these two, uh, but bye for now. <laughs>